What a great God we serve. Oh, what a great God we serve. Thankful. I tell you, it didn't take much uh, you know, to be reminded of God's miracles when you see a newborn, how God uh, designed that whole process and just uh, those babies are so wonderful. And it's hard to believe that we ever started out so frail, isn't it? And then just, you know, with the Lord just with us, we grow and get stronger and we learn and we mature. And it's just amazing how uh, life is for us. But it's like that spiritually. You know, we come in, we're fragile babies filled with that new life, Holy Ghost inside of us. But, you know, he stays right there with us like a good father does. And he leads us and guides us and we grow and we mature and we get stronger. And, and uh, sometimes we fall and skin our knees or break a bone, <laughs> but he stays right with us to keep us going. So thankful for the Lord today. We'll continue in our uh, series on possessing the promise. And uh, today we're going to talk about following the leader, following the leader. And so we've been studying Joshua and his uh, time where he was put in charge of uh, leading Israel into the promised land. Last week we talked about whose report will we believe. And uh, we've got to believe what God says about the promises. And if God makes a promise, he's going to keep it. No matter what it looks like, you know, the ten, ten of the spies that came back gave an evil report and it swayed the people. And because they would believe man instead of God, they wandered 40 years until a whole generation uh, departed without possessing the promise. But Joshua and Caleb believed what God said, and they find themselves in 40 years entering into the place that God promised them. So today, um, as we are talking about possessing the promise, if like Joshua we're going to possess our promise, we must be confident that God will be with us at all times. He's always there. He'll never leave or forsake us that he is not just there watching us blunder through and make mistakes, but he will lead us and give us direction. The Bible says when we receive the Holy Ghost, it will lead us into all truth. And so uh, we want to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. As many that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. So uh, our scripture today, Joshua chapter 1 in verses 7 through 9. Joshua talking with the people and the Lord giving him instruction. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. I think I started the scripture early. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, and be not afraid, and neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. God's going to be with us wherever we go. Let's pray for the lesson today. Jesus, we thank you for your word and for the promises, Lord, of your faithfulness how that you said you would not leave us comfortless, but you would come to us and that your eyes are always watching over us and your ears are listening to our prayers. And Lord, we know that you're going to be with us every step of the way. Now, Lord, bless today the preaching and teaching of your word. <clears throat> Help us to receive it into good ground that we can possess the promises in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand and a shout for his word today. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. 
There are many things in the world that can change. Landscapes change. Uh, roads change. Maps are always changing because there are things that look unmovable that sometimes man moves. You know, before civilization took over in this country, there were mountains and, and things that uh, were in the way of building a town or building a railroad or building a highway. And so man just began to blow it up, do whatever they had to do to make a path and change things. And um, we have that ability in this world to change landscapes. There's buildings and structures up. I know that uh, driving down I-20 through Conyers a couple of weeks ago where Salem Gate Shopping Center used to be. If you were, grew up in that area, Salem Gate was a big deal back in the day. But it's not there anymore. It's not it's like cleaned out and they're remodeling it. It's gone. It's just flat parking lot now. It's, it's gone. It's, they're going to do something else there. And, and uh, things that look like, I mean, it's been there forever, as long as I can remember. It's been there, but now it's gone. And, and so sometimes in this life there are things that seem so certain. It'll always be there. They're actually landmarks. You know, we would say, hey, yeah, go over by Salem Gate. That was a, a landmark in Conyers. It was something we remember. But now it's gone. Things are always changing uh, in the world. But one thing that never changes is God's word. The one thing that will never change is the Lord. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that he will not change, and we know that his word is forever settled in heaven. And the promises of God will not change. If it ever said he was a healer, he's still a healer. If it ever said he was a savior, he's still a savior. And it said he's God, he's still God. And he's still on the throne, and it won't ever change. He said, there'll never be another God formed after me. You can believe it, that you will never see any other God except Jesus Christ when you open your eyes on that other side one day. And so uh, Joshua is a man who has realized some things in his time serving the Lord. He followed Moses and watched what God did uh, uh, he came out of Egypt with Israel. He saw how God acted in his ways that he did when he delivered them and blessed them, brought them through the Red Sea, gave them water in the wilderness, quail and manna, took care of them time and time again, destroying enemies for their sake. And uh, he knew that God was faithful to what he said he would do. And that's why he believed God when he went and spied that land out. He saw the giants and he saw the walled cities and he saw the armies and the different things, but he knew that they could take those things, they could possess those things because God was on their side. We talked about it last week. Uh, they said their defense has already departed from them because God is on our side. And when God's on your side, it doesn't matter what kind of defense the enemy thinks he has, uh, it won't stand. For the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that Jesus is building, that's a promise. And it was a promise that Joshua had realized that God was faithful to what he would do. That's why him and Caleb were, were so distressed and said they were uh, you know, uh, so upset because of these 10 spies who were supposed to be leaders and supposed to trust God that they would cry and, 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 and wail and weep and say we'll be destroyed and our families will be destroyed if we go into this land. You will never be better off uh, than when you enter into the promises of God. God's promises are for us, and the things that are contained in His promises uh, will bless us, encourage us, provide for us. When you read the Scripture, you'll see that uh, His Word, and when we obey His Word and commit to the Word, that it only does His children good. Even when it corrects us, it's only correcting us for our good. He is never just uh, chastising us and punishing us for his own pleasure, just so he can uh, be some way towards us. If he is correcting you, it is because he loves you. That's what the scripture says. And he only wants you to stay focused and he wants you to obtain every promise that he has for you. Oh, this book that we uh, read and that we study and, and that we uh, hold and esteem so highly is full of power. 
It is full of promise. And it is more than just a coffee table bookshelf decoration. It's more than just a chart that we read year to year. But it is the life force and the power of the children of God. If we had no word, we would not be born again. For we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, the word of God. I'd have no faith for miracles without the word. For how shall they hear uh, the word? It's just, uh, how can they believe without the word? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. And, and so we need the word of God so we can understand that God's going to do what he said he would do. When God speaks to us, it's God's word. If God has ever spoken, you knew it was God and it wasn't somebody else or your own imagination. But if God spoke something to you through somebody, then let me tell you, you can count on it just like it's forever settled in heaven. It's not just this word that's forever settled, but when God speaks through his people, when God speaks through his ministry, then that word is settled in heaven. That's why the Bible says we'll give account for every idle word that we speak. Because there's a record that goes down for the things that we say. Be careful, be careful about just shooting off at the mouth because it's being recorded somewhere. I want the the promises that God has for me. And Joshua now standing on the edge of the Jordan River, he's ready to claim the promised land. But he is not just claiming it for himself, but he will lead a people. He's got to be an example now and, and help them to understand that, uh, hey, we're tired of wandering for these 40 long years in this hot, dusty desert. It's time to have that land that flows with milk and honey. It's time for us to receive what God promised before we ever left Egypt, uh, before we ever got into Egypt. When he was talking to our father Abraham, he told him that I'm preparing a place for your people. It's time for us to have it. And so uh, we need to understand that the promises of God are not decided on by a, a committee uh, or, or it's not decided on by just people today, but it is settled in God's word. No matter what anybody tells you, it can't change this. It won't change what God said in his word. They can say if it's contradictory to this word, if it has no foundation in this word, then it will not stand. Live by the word, obtain the promises by the word. Your power as a child of God comes from the word of God. It doesn't come from your deeds. It doesn't come from your actions. It comes from what you believe of God's scripture. Every word of God is profitable. It's profitable for us. It's it's the breathed word of God. It's inspiration. When Joshua, well, what a overwhelming Uh, I guess, role to be called into to now lead the people of God and to actually bring them into the promised land. But he knew that he could do it because he believed it 40 years prior and he believed it then. And now also the Lord said this. Here's the, the promises that are contained in what Joshua was going to be doing. In Joshua 1, the first six verses, it says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, God speaking to him. So you know, whatever's say, being said right now, it's settled, it's promised, it, it can't be done away with. And so he's, he's speaking, uh, Moses, my servant is dead, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given not I'm going to give to you that I have given. It's already been given to us. You know, we remember sometimes that the promises are already ours. We're not working for the promise. The promise has already been given. Thanks be to God that gives us the victory. I don't have to fight for victory. Victory's already been given. Victory over anything that can come my way has already been given because Jesus said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. It's already been given. So every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, who's already gone. I told Moses already, your predecessor, I told him that I had given this place from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites 
and unto the great sea going to, or to, toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee. I will not forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. And so this, friend, let me tell you, I, I don't know how you would feel, but if God just showed up in my room one day and started talking to me, I think I'd have confidence in what he was saying. I think it would probably put a boldness in me that uh, like no other. You know, oftentimes we, we pray and, and we go by faith and, and we have to have confidence in those prayers that God hears every word we're praying. But I'm talking about if God just set a bush on fire in your front yard and said, pull your shoes off, this is holy ground, let's have a talk. Man, let me tell you, you would be so ecstatic. You would be so fired up. You would be so full of confidence. And I'm sure that Joshua was confident uh, even more so that now we can go in and possess the land. Confidence to possess the promise comes from God's promises. When you really believe that God, and you got to make your mind up. This is, it's, a, it's, a, it's not something that God just downloads into you and, you have no choice but to believe the promises. You have got to make up your mind. Am I going to believe the world or am I going to believe God? Am I going to put more confidence in what I see or am I going to put the confidence in things that I can't see? The Bible said that, that God's man Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. He said I, I, he trusted God so strongly it was like he could just see everything coming to pass because he knew if God spoke it, he would work it out. He would bring it to pass. He would make it happen. Moses was an eyewitness to many things that God did. He didn't have to see God. He saw what God did. I have not seen God. The Bible says no man has seen him at any time. But let me tell you, I have seen what God can do. And once I've watched him, I've seen him heal people. I've seen him deliver people. I've seen him work situations out. But let me tell you, I have seen souls saved. I have seen people filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. I, I've seen the greatest miracle of the blood of Jesus washing away great sins and a lifetime of sins so that they could be righteous and enter into heaven one day. I've seen the greatest miracle. And knowing that God can still save people from their sins, that's something that man cannot do. We can get smart and we can have all the medical knowledge and things and maybe create cures and do some things, uh, but you'll never, uh, man will never ever achieve to the point where they can wash the sin of man's soul away. They can't even find the soul of man. It belongs to God. Behold, all souls are mine, saith the Lord. They belong to him. God works with the things that man has no business in. I'm thankful today that God can wash away the sins of my soul. He can help me in the natural and help me with physical things. Sure he can. But let me tell you, I could be uh, well and I could be healthy and I could be rich and I could be famous and I could be popular and I can just go straight to hell because I never listened to what God said. But I can be poor and I could be sickly and I could have a, a hard life compared to some in this world, but my soul could be washed white White as snow. You know, you could be homeless and living in the alley and your fingernails are dark with the grime from the garbage can you've been digging in. But if you took your last breath, you could open your eyes looking at Jesus and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm thankful today that Jesus, those promises are real. So we have confidence in uh, the promises of God and possessing his promises uh, God is now at this point, he, he's let them wander 40 years and now he's calling for a new beginning for his people. He gave Israel a new leader to take them into the promised land and all of the older generation had died in the wilderness due to their disobedience and only Joshua and Caleb remained. I wonder what those 10 spies thought as they got weaker and older and more worn out, but they watched Joshua and Caleb just going on. I wonder what they thought, wonder how they wished, if I could just go back and take back what I said, if I could just go back and change uh, and not, not have uh, disobeyed God, but, but they couldn't go back. 
Joshua was now appointed by God to lead this new generation to possess the land promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joshua's confidence came from the promises of God because it was still true then, whether it was written or not, the promises of God are in him, yea and amen. And, and they understood it is impossible for God to lie. Joshua was given a threefold purpose. First, he was going to lead God's people over Jordan into their new inheritance. And second, he was tasked to overcome the enemy. Third, he was to possess the inheritance. Now, that sounds like a lot for somebody to do, and it would be if God wasn't with you. But God issued three promises, one for each task that was given. In Joshua uh, uh, 1, 3, and 4, God promised Israel would enter into the land. So they're already going. Joshua's just going to, I got to lead them. You're going. I already told you, you're going in. That's a promise. You're going into the land. In Joshua 1 and 5, he promised that there would be victory over every challenge. And in Joshua 1 and 6, God promised the people would divide the land and a portion would be given to each of the tribes of Israel. So he didn't just say, now let's see what you can do now that you're here. I'm going to be with you. And with every task that he assigned to Joshua, he gave him a promise that it would be able to be done. I'm glad today that God does not leave us empty-handed but he supplies us with what we need. And after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon us. When Jesus said, I'm going away so the Holy Ghost can come. And he told him, he said, the things I have done, uh, you shall do and greater things shall you do because I go to the Father. He said, I'm letting you know today, I'm going to endue you with power from on high. I'm not going to ask you to be a witness in all the world without power. I'm not going to ask you to try to lay hands on the sick without power. I'm not going to ask you to, to try to uh, start revival without power. I'm not going to try you to take on devils without power. He gave us a promise with every task that he has assigned. Joshua had been given the commission by God himself, and God promised to grant its fulfillment. Joshua understood his mission could not fail so long as he and the people were faithful to God. He knew God would keep his word. God never gives us a task that he does not promise to help us fulfill. And Joshua's confidence came from those promises and it encouraged him to possess them. But, like I said, it was not forced on him. And it didn't just come downloaded and, hey, Joshua has no choice but to succeed. Joshua has to choose to succeed. Joshua had to exercise his faith and be strong and of a good courage. He had to believe, and then he had to be what God said to be, be strong and be of a good courage. In other words, have faith in me, Joshua. Trust me, Joshua. Go and do what I asked you to do, Joshua, because I'm going to be with you. Oh, I, but you know, it's just like when you're standing or you're in, in, in the pool and you're trying to get your kid to jump off that, off that ledge into the water. They know you. And they know somewhere, hey, they won't let nothing happen to me, but boy, look at all that water. And man, they're dancing on their tippy toes and they can't decide if they're going to go in or not. And you're like, I won't let you go under. I'll catch you. I won't let you. You're telling them everything. But how many kids have turned and walked off and said, nope, I'm sitting over here and drinking my juice box. It just ain't going to happen. Not yet. They love you, but they just do not believe that it's going to be all right. There's too much fear, and they won't go in. And uh, so they've got to, you can tell them all day long, it'll be fine, but they won't ever experience it being fine until they take the leap. You'll never know what it's like, Peter, to walk on water unless you obey the word. Hey, if that's you, he said, bid me to come to you. He said, well, come on. And so now it's in, the ball's back in Peter's court. The Lord didn't stretch his arm way over there and get Peter by the front of his shirt and start dragging him across the water. Peter didn't say, whoa, what's got me? And start, something start moving him into the water. But Peter said, I trust him, and I believe him. And if he said I could walk on water, I'm going to walk. And he stepped out of the boat, and he, for a while he walked with water under his feet till he on his way to see where Jesus was at. Now, of course, he started uh, sinking when he lost faith. Uh, he began to look at the things going on around him, got his eyes off uh, the promise of the word, See, it didn't matter if he could see Jesus or not. You got I can't see him, but I trust his word. If Jesus spoke to me while I was outside on the deck one day cleaning the pool, and he said, hey, why don't you take a stroll across the water? 
I don't have to see him. If it was him, I'd just start walking across the water. Wouldn't that be cool? But see, I don't have to see him uh, or to stay on top. I've just got to believe him and be obedient to what he said. But if I said, I don't know what that was, but that was, and I never, I'll never know. I'll miss an opportunity for a blessing. People are missing opportunities because they are not exercising their faith in the promises that God has given. Listen, God's promises must be claimed by faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You're not going to grab the promises of God. And let me tell you, there's nothing that pleases God more than him watching his children partake of the promises that he's given. But you'll never do that uh, without faith. God's sovereignty does not excuse human inactivity. He can uh, put all the provision out there uh, that he can do, but unless we activate the power, unless we go for it, unless we reach out, unless we walk by faith uh, or live by faith, we're never going to experience what faith can give us. It's up to us to accept the challenge for, to grow, to increase, and even fight sometimes for every inch of ground that is gained in our battles for dominion over the enemy. Joshua and his people were instructed, observe, to do, to do, to do. Oh, I believe in the Lord. I just sit back and ain't got to do nothing. Then you'll get nothing. Because when you sit back and do nothing, you get nothing. He said, observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Don't turn from the right hand or the left so that you can prosper so whithersoever you go. He said, you'll be, it doesn't matter what the landscape looks like. It doesn't matter what kind of people you find there. If you'll stick with me, you'll prosper. It doesn't matter what's happening in this life today. It doesn't matter the shape of the world today. It doesn't matter if the economy tanks. It doesn't matter uh, if this world catches on fire. Let me tell you, as long as you and I are doing what God said to do, we will prosper. We're going to be okay. God's going to always take care of his people. Man, he fed over 5,000 people in a desert place. And if he can do that in a desert place with somebody's lunch, let me tell you, he can take care of his people still today. If he wanted to rain manna from heaven again, he could do it. If he wanted to provide quail or rabbit or deer or whatever, or hamburgers falling from the sky, he could do it because he's God. And he will take care of his people. He'll provide when the need arises. He made, he told one guy, I said, look, go down there and catch a fish, open his mouth and get the money out and pay taxes. Wouldn't that be nice every year? Property tax, go out there and shoot that deer and when you open him up, there'll be a bag of money in him. Everybody'd be deer hunting then. We must believe the report of the Lord. If God said it, it'll come to pass. The promise given to Joshua was secure. It was repeated and affirmed. God had made his choice by choosing, choosing Joshua to lead the people of Israel. But it was up to Israel to make the choice to obey. God had always used leaders to develop his people, cast a vision to the people, direct them to the promise. So it is imperative that we learn to follow the leader we have the responsibility to submit. The Bible tells us to submit unto the, uh, uh, to the higher powers, the powers that be are of God. It tells us to do that. It, Paul said, listen, be a follower of me as I follow Christ. In other words, I, I'll lead you. You can follow me. As long as I stay in line with him, then you can keep your eyes on me. And, uh, that's, but he made sure that people understood. If I preach any other gospel, they just let me be accursed. I know all the things I've taught before, but if I change on that, then you just kick me to the side because I'm not, no longer following the Lord and you don't have to follow me. Now, there are at least two challenging times when we must learn to obey God. And one, we don't even realize sometimes, but one is when we are blessed beyond measure. Sometimes people can get blessed. He warned Israel before they got in the promised land, you're going to have all these blessings. He said, be careful and beware that you don't forget me once I've brought you into this place. And sometimes even in this life, things can be going so good that we don't feel the need to pray. 
We don't feel the need to, to study. And, man, things are going so good. Man, my, my kids are behaving. They're making all A's. I got money in the bank. My car's running good. Groceries, you know, everything's great. I mean, me and, my, me and the spouse, we're doing awesome, man. It's just, everything's wonderful. And God's going, and I'm the reason why. I don't want to forget God when I am blessed beyond measure. The other is when we are tried beyond our patience. There are times when things happen in our lives that we cannot comprehend. We can't figure out why is this happening to me? I'm sure Job felt like that. Why is this happening to me? But he had built a wall of integrity around him that even when God moved his hand, the enemy could not take his resolve. And he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I came into this world with nothing and I'll go out with nothing, but God's still good. And so if we believe God's word is true and that his promises are never in doubt, then we must submit ourselves to him in obedience so that we can receive those promises. We will always face a constant battle within our own nature. Our flesh is going to always fight. Uh, Our flesh does not want to have faith. It wants to just uh, figure it out, carnal mind. How can I get out of here? But listen, we must put our flesh under subjection. Pray in the Holy Ghost and build yourself up on your most holy faith so you can stay submitted to the will of God. And then we must also submit to the leader that God has appointed in our life so it will develop our ministry and direct our path. We talked about that on Wednesday night. If you weren't here, you need to listen to the podcast or get a copy of it. God gave us the ministry for the perfecting. Uh, We want to be perfect, complete, whole. And uh, God gave ministry to help with that. So now confidence to possess the promise also comes from God's presence. When you feel the presence of the Lord... Nothing. You know, it doesn't matter what you're going through. And uh, everything's going to be all right. That's why the Lord said, I know I'm leaving. They, they were talking to him. They're looking at him. He said, I'm leaving, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And then he told them, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. He was letting them know, I, I'm going to be there. That's why we have, feel so good in church where the two or more gathered in his name. There am I in the midst. And the presence of God fills the room. And, and it, it, that's why people worship and shouting, and it gives them courage to do things maybe they wouldn't do otherwise. But Joshua 1 and 9 says, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. It doesn't matter where you go. You can't get away from me. I'm going to be with you. God will never leave us nor forsake us. They're going into a land that God had given. He wasn't going to send them in there without him. They had already said, if you don't go with us, we're not going because he had said, I'm just going to send an angel. I'm going to send an angel in his presence. Nope. If you're not going, we don't even want to go. We want you. We want your presence. It's got to be you. Even when we cannot feel his presence, he's with us. It's not all about what I can feel. It's what I know. I know that he's with me because he said he would be. The Holy Ghost, he filled me with his spirit, and it ain't leaving. It's here. I've got it. I know it's there. And so uh, I'm thankful that even when I cannot feel him, he's with me. Often this will require us, though, to wait upon God. It requires both obedience and patience. When God works, he works perfectly, but his timing, as we well know, is often different than ours. We must trust God and be willing to wait on the fulfillment of his promises. There are many of you here that have prayed and prayed certain things in your life, and and you would get anxious and almost make the wrong decisions. But aren't you thankful today that you waited that you were patient. Come on, somebody. While we wait, we are assured of his presence with us. Just as God was with the Israelites every step of the way through the wilderness, he's going to be with us through our sometimes long and difficult periods of waiting. We have families in here. I know that they have been going through long seasons of waiting. When will this healing occur? When will we get a break in this? When will this happen? It's going to happen. It's going to happen because we have claimed it. We have believed the promises and we trust the word of God. It's going to come to pass. God's timing is always perfect. 
Oh, he's never a split second late. He's never too early. He, he, he doesn't have to get there and wait on something to happen. He is, he, he's, he's everywhere all the time. And so he just orders it. He never misses the mark. He's never a little off to the left or the right. He's always in the bullseye. He always hits it right. Uh, the, the hammer's always hitting the nail on the head. He doesn't miss. God's timing is always perfect. That's why it is so imperative for us to wait on God. He always provides a strategy for our breakthrough and our victory, just like he did with Jericho. Here comes Israel in the promised land, and boom, Jericho right in front of them, and he tells them, gives them instructions on what to do. Now uh, they have to make a decision. Are we going to not fight? Are we going to say, whoop, this is too much? Uh, are we going to try to devise our own plan? Are we going to go build some battering rams? Are we going to try to burn the walls down? Or are we just going to do what God said to do? Are we going to march around this building for seven, or this city for seven days? Now listen, you know, we talked about it the other day about Joshua had told uh, Israel, said, you know, we're going to march. He gave them the instruction. So it wasn't just that they had to believe God. They had to believe Joshua. Sometimes uh, the, the leader, the voice that God puts in your life, hey, guess what? He knows what he's talking about. They could have been a handful of them. So, you know what? Hey, Joshua, I ain't walking around in this heat for seven days and then go to screaming at the top of my lungs uh, like some kind of nut. But you know what? They did what he said in it didn't say that God told them to be walk around in silence. It said Joshua did. Because like I said before, maybe Joshua knew the last time y'all opened y'all's mouth, I wandered 40 years. So you'll keep your mouth shut while we're making this little journey. But when it's time, we're going to lift that trumpet. When it's time, we're going to lift that voice. And we're going to see, we're going to see what will happen. And guess what? The walls came down just like God said. And once again, they learned that if you will follow God's way and do it God's way, it'll always work. It'll always be all right. So these people, uh, even though they, God, of course, yes, he's their, their God. He's their Lord. He's their ultimate leader. But they also had to follow Joshua, who was their leader. And then what a victory was produced. Maybe it's because he told them, you know, I don't want no talking because I don't want you talking amongst yourselves. Too many times we talk ourselves out of the promises and we mess up the plan. About two, two laps into it, I can't see how this is doing no good. I'm getting a charlie horse just walking like this. You know, these sandals ain't really made for uh, this sand. And I'm just, you know, I, I, you know, hey, why don't we just go over and sit in the shade while they do this and he didn't say it had to be everybody, you know, I guess. There's no number. If Maybe just, just let Joshua walk, you know, whatever. Talk yourself right out of it if you're not careful. And maybe that's what it is. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of what God can really do. Uh, we must learn sometimes to be silent. Silence was part of the miracle. We must be silent sometimes and listen to what God's saying and wait on God he is present, he is with us, and he will reveal his plan, but only in his timing. Why did it have to be seven times? Because that's what God said. He could have said five. He could have said three. He didn't want he wanted to, you know, but he said seven. That's what he said. Just like when he told Naaman, go dip in the river seven times. Why seven? Why not just once? Because I said seven. Why are you arguing with God? Why not just say, yes, God? Don't be singing that song, my soul says yes, when you know it never does. Whoop, let me move. Confidence to possess the promise comes from God's power. God told Joshua, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shall you, that shall make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Anybody thinks that the word is not important for your success or your walk must not be listening in church or must not be 
uh, really concerned about really living for God because you can't live for God without this word and you can't receive the promises without the power and that power comes in this word. I thought the power came with the Holy Ghost. Sure, it's the spirit. The words I speak are spirit in their life. You can't separate God and his word. It's all spiritual. That's a spiritual book. And so uh, God's power will secure his promises, and we receive that power through growing in his word. His promises are secure, and they are reserved for those who seek him. That's why Peter wrote in 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18, he said, You therefore, beloved, seeing that you know these things before, since you know the good things of God, the promises, you know his word, beware lest you also being led away. Don't be led in another direction. Led away with the error of the wicked that you fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever and ever. Amen. To possess the promise, we must grow, and we only grow when we feed on the word of God. When we begin the journey, we are not equipped or capable of possessing everything all at once. Neither was Israel capable of possessing all the land all at once. They had to grow into the promise. Growth is our soul's greatest achievement. Once we begin to grow spiritually, then we will be enabled to possess the promise. There are babes in the Lord. and They have to have the sincere milk of the word of God. They are not ready for strong meat, but they're perfect babies. It's not a slander against them. It's not a slap against them. It's just like you don't expect this precious little baby here. She can't clean the house yet. She can't wash dishes yet. She's not there yet, but she is a perfect baby. She doesn't know everything her mom and dad knows. Doesn't make her any less perfect. She's a perfect baby because she's doing what babies do. She's just laying there and being beautiful. That's what babies do. And uh, that's so that just a perfect little baby, not even crying, just laying there, man. Just see, so uh, babies, that's what they do. Don't be discouraged uh, because you're young in the Lord. Don't be like, well, I'm not like everybody. You're not there yet. It's okay. You raise your kids and they're little and they see you driving. I wish I could drive. You're not old enough. Right now your feet won't even reach the pedals. You can't drive yet. And so, you know, what do we do? We set them in, well, we don't do it no more. But we used to set them in our lap and drive around with them so that uh, they could kind of get the feel of it, you know. Uh, but they lock you up for that stuff now. Uh, but, you know, and, try, and that's what we do with those that are younger. We, we help lead them and tell them, so this is how to be, kind of how to be, you know. But, it, you know, this, well, you can't drive. You ain't worth nothing. You're six years old. You're a perfect six-year-old. But when you're, you know, 20 and you don't have your driver's license, you know what that is? A choice. You don't have to drive, but it's there. It's available. And all the things you could do if you could just drive, you wouldn't have to bum rides off everybody else. You you wouldn't have to, but uh, you could just go when you want to go and nobody wouldn't have to take you here or there or everywhere. And, and, uh, you know, you're 20. Get your driver's license. Get that license. That's what adults do. They drive. But it's a choice. I had a, a grandmother, my mom's mom. She never had her driver's license. But I watched her get in the car and move it one day. When I was a little boy, she said, don't tell nobody. Don't tell your granddaddy I moved this car because he'll have a fit if he knew I drove this car. But she could have. She just chose not to. And that's the way it is. There's so many things that we could have in God. And there's a lot of people sit in the house of God and and... They're perfect, growing, but some of them have just chosen not to grow, chosen not to advance, chosen not to mature. I just want to come and be sung to. I just want to come and shake hands and hug people and clap my hands a little bit, and, and then I'm going to go home and do what I want to do. And that's a sad, sad uh, way to live because you'll never really experience for yourself. Oh, you know, when we, now that's different with kids today, but when we were cl- getting close to 16, I can't wait. I can't wait. The day I turn 50, I want to go get my license. I want to get my learner's license. Can I drive here? Can I drive it? Drive your parents crazy. Can I drive today? Can I drive today? And they're like, no, because you can't drive. You might have a paper saying you passed, but you, you know, but then 16 comes, I mean, you can't wait. And when you're watching all your friends that turn 16, you know, two or three months ahead of you, oh, you just eat up with it. Because, hey, I'll come by and pick you up. And you're just like, 
Not really. He said, yeah, come get me because you'd just rather go. But I, I don't want to sit and watch things pass me by when it's available, when I can have it too. Uh, it, it belongs to us. And there ain't one, all these promises belong to all of us. When God was talking about this land that flows with milk and honey, he said, you're going to go in and then you're going to start dividing out portions. Every tribe's getting something. Everybody's getting something. Nobody's just going to be like, well, we're just here and we're homeless in the promised land. Everybody's going to get something. Everybody's going to reap the benefits of it. It's for, every, it's for my people, Israel. Let's stand together. I'm, I see people gathering in the foyer. I see they must be done up, up top. So growth will not happen by accident. You know, in the natural, if you get to a, a place in your life and you just stopped eating, stop drinking, well, not because you were living in poverty, but you just said, I'm not going to eat anymore. You'll stop growing. I'm not going to drink anything. Stop growing. I'm not going to read, study. I'm not going to have any kind of interaction. You'll stop growing mentally, emotionally. You'll just stop right there. You'll go no further. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's sad. People just stop in this life. They stop in this life with God. Let me tell you, when you get baptized, feel the Holy Ghost, say nothing like that. That ain't where you stop. That, that's not where you That's where you start. That's, that's not the end all be all. That's, that's where you start. That's where the church started. Hey, repent and be baptized, every one of you. That's, that's where it started. With many other words, did he testify and exhort, save yourself. So we need to. Uh, be intentional, make right choices. Growth is achieved by the impartation of divine energy. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God, through the power that works in us, creates a destiny fueled by the passion that he himself purposed for us in the beginning. A man's purpose is found, or woman, when he desires to become more, hungers for God, and even struggles sometimes to be victorious. So you ask yourself, am I hungry for the things of God? Am I growing? Am I possessing the promises that God's got for me? We grow by gaining power through the Word of God. Whew. Well, I tell you, I can't, I can't, can't really even finish. But there's no reason for us to do without the Scripture, to do without the promises of the Word of God. There was a, a place, I think it was Buffalo, Missouri, a little town that, uh, you know, just way out, didn't have anything. And for years and years and years, it just, without electricity, like, well, like a lot of places in the country, but they didn't have electricity. They just, only electricity was, if it happened to lightning that day, that was about it for electricity. But there came a time when the power company came in, they, they, they got power to that region. And uh, it said that a lot of people there, we're super excited, you know, wow, it's here. It's going to change our lives, and it's going to be great. But to have it, they had to do the work. They had to have lines run to their house, and then they had to have the house wired, and then they had to buy the accessories that would actually benefit from electricity. No good to have all that electricity if you got nothing that runs on electricity. <laughs> I got power in my house. Use that toaster yet? I got one. How about that dryer? No, I ain't got one. Turns your lamp on? No, don't have any. And you got to get the things that work with electricity. But it said that some people did not even let them run power to their house. They were afraid it would change too much, that it would cost too much. They didn't understand it. So in, in some, just too lazy to have it done and so they did without the benefit of it it was there it was available they could have had it and they didn't some people were still hanging their clothes out on the line some were running them in the dryer some people was working the scrub board other ones would throw them in the washer I tell you I'd rather throw them in the washing machine some people you know were able to, to cook uh, without having to go chop wood to build a fire because now I got an electric oven hey it, it was great for some. It shouldn't be like that in the house of the Lord. It should be great for all because we should uh, 
believe and follow and believe his report and follow his lead and possess the promises that God's word has. Take them to heart. Hide them in your heart. Read them. Meditate. You know that word meditate doesn't just mean the word, the Hebrew word actually means to mutter. And so when you read the word, read it out loud. That's how they did it when they got together in the synagogues. They read out loud. When you meditate on the Lord, it's not just gritting your teeth and clenching your eyes. I'm more meditating. It's not just sitting, oh, you know. But it's when you, you read it out loud. Because, yeah, you can, now I know you sometimes you're in a place and you can read silent. But sometimes you have to read out loud so you can hear. Not only are you taking it in with your eyes and your mind, but you can hear it because faith still comes by hearing. And sometimes you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. I need to read this promise again, read it out loud. I need to preach to myself. I want the promises. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Jesus, we love you. And I'm so glad that through this land we walk today, you're with us every step of the way. I believe your word. I believe every promise in the book belongs to your children. God, let us through faith and perseverance possess the promises of God. Let us trust you in everything. Lord, in the good times, in the feast. Lord, in the bad times, in the famine. Lord, we know that you're going to come through and take care of your people. Lord, watch over us. And Lord, let faith be released in this house. Let faith be released in this church and in these individuals. Let us do the things that are pleasing in your sight today, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. I want the promises. I want the promises. I want the promises. I want so much more than just to feel good. I want the promises. I want more than just to be blessed a little bit. I want the promises of God in my life. Amen. Praise God. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. Looking forward to God doing some great things. God bless you.